0: It's 6 Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, coast to coast and around the world.
1: I'm not a doctor, but I have a PhD in recognizing bullshit when I hear it.
0: From the America Out Loud talk radio studios. The American people are not feeling very loved right now, though. They're not, they're not feeling heard by the Biden administration. It's time for The Truth Be Told with Booker Scott.
2: On October seventh, two 2023, Hamas entered Israel. They killed 1,400 Jews. And at the very same time, America's Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, warned his employees at the State Department not to engage in misgendering as violent conflicts in Europe and the Middle East continued to rage on. This is from The Daily Wire. Blinken sent out the guidance on language in the days following the United States missile strike of Iran-backed militants in Iraq and Syria in retaliation for the killing of three American soldiers, turning his attention away from the conflict to tell officials which terms they should and shouldn't use when talking about gender. And that sort of sums things up in the Biden administration and the crazy world that we are living in. I'm Booker Scott, and this is The Truth Be Told on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. I hope you had a great day. As we get closer to the weekend, we're going to have a show for you this hour, which is brought to you by Gold Co., by the way. Go to BookerLikesGold.com. And see if it's a good idea for you to diversify some of your savings. Just go to BookerLikesGold.com. Now, coming up in this hour, I have learned of something that's going on with the United States Air Marshals. Is this same Biden administration diverting resources to the border from the U.S. Marshals? We're going to find out in just a few minutes as Sonia Labasco joins us. Uh, She's retired air marshal, and she's also the executive director of the Air Marshal National Council. She's going to be joining us here in just a minute. Also, we're going to have a conversation with a couple of political activists. Even though they don't like the name activists, Uh, these are grassroots American patriots. They have been doing the work, maybe some work that you haven't seen, but I'm going to bring you some encouraging news from them coming up in just a few minutes. But now we want to welcome to the conversation, Sonia Labasco. Again, Sonia is the Air Marshal National Committee uh, Council Executive Director. Uh, Sonia, welcome to the program. Did I get that right?
3: That's okay. It's council, but committee's (laughs) fine too. Council, okay.
2: So you are the Executive Director of the Air Marshal National Council. And welcome to the program. I'm glad to have
3: you. Well, Booker, thank you so much for hosting me today and hosting the issues that are facing our nation with aviation security being destabilized.
2: Well, you were an air marshal. So let's start the conversation there because we all fly from time to time and uh, we see a lot of crazy things going on with airplanes with doors, hatches coming open. And just uh, this week in San Francisco, a flap was uh, coming off of a wing and it had to make an emergency landing in Denver from San Francisco. But when it comes to flying ever since 9-11, Things have really changed in the air. We have to take our shoes off. We have to take our belt, all of those types of things. But we also have a sense of security knowing that there may be an air marshal on the plane. Is is that something that we should have security about? Are there enough air marshals in the sky?
3: Well, I mean, I have to tell you, Booker, I can't answer that in one question. I have to put that pre-Biden administration and post-Biden administration. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so, so pre-Biden administration, you would have had The comfort of knowing that you would have had federal air marshals on certain flights that were based on intelligence are long hauls. If we think about how the hijackers on 9-11, they got the aircraft that were long haul flights Mm -hmm. that were guaranteed to have large amounts of fuel. So pre-Biden administration, we were focused on on concentrating on specific intelligence and then, of course, flights that could be used as a weapon of mass destruction. Um, That completely changed Uh, post-Biden administration.
2: Why did it change? What has changed to make that different?
3: Well, what's happened within the the TSA, the Transportation Security Administration, we are are the only law enforcement element inside this big, TSA is an administrative agency, Um, and so we're nestled inside this very woke Transportation Security Administration, who for political reasons have followed the Biden administration's path, on destabilizing resources internally within this country to keep us safe. So it is because of the political agency that we are associated with, and that is the Transportation Security Administration. That's why it's changed.
2: Well, we see the mess at the border and all of the illegal immigrants that continue to cross. What's that number up to? 10 million. We have uh, possibly terrorists walking among us. Uh, We know that there have been a lot of terrorists caught, but we don't know how many got through. And I, I understand that a lot of the resources have also taken some of the air marshals to the border. Is that factual?
3: It is factual. We have been, the Air Marshal National Council, through our uh, congressional uh, representatives, through our congressional oversight committees, have been fighting these deployments for a little over three years now because we stated your, the TSA is taking critical resources off the aircraft, which were not a big organization in the first place. I mean, our, our resources are limited. I mean, it's so we're so destitute right now in TSA for air marshals, they're trying to bring retirees back that have been retired for over five years because we're, our resources are depleted. But Biden started sending, and they started uh, requiring air marshals to go to the border. We were doing about 200 air marshals a month. Every 21 days, uh, we were rotating 200 air marshals down to the border.
2: And they're probably going down there to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the illegal immigrants. Probably not doing real work of protecting American citizens. Let me ask you, do you feel like you're safe when you're flying?
3: Oh, I do not. I do not allow my family to fly without me, Booker. I will not let my, I used to let my children fly on aircraft, you know, where you could pay for an extra Mm -hmm. uh, person to escort them because they were juvenile. They were under 16. That was back in the old days. Today, I will not let any of my family fly without me because I do not feel it safe. Just today, there was another incident on American Airlines where a passenger flipped out and tried to open the exit door and and other passengers had to wrestle this person down. There's no yeah. air marshals on the planes anymore. These, <laughs> these things are happening every day and there's not one, you will not hear one report of an air marshal team getting involved because they can't report on it because they're not there.
2: I would have been the first one to that door to tackle that person. Uh, if I see someone make a an odd move on an airplane, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and watch and see what happens. Uh, let's talk about uh, the children that end up on a no-fly list. Uh, we heard a story, I guess it was back in November, that there was a three-month-old baby that ended up on a no-fly list. How does that happen?
3: Well, that is still happening today, and you are correct. It is a three-month-old baby who ended up on the suspected demer- domestic terrorist watch list because the baby's father uh, was at the Capitol on January the 6th or was involved with the trespassing or the pandering, whatever charge they're trying to call this yeah. now. He was he was actually there on January the 6th. Now, the baby wasn't even conceived. Think about it. That was January yeah. 6th, 2021, November 2023, You've got a three-month-old baby who's on the terrorist watch list because their father uh, was at the Capitol uh, on that day. Do you the remem- baby was not even conceived then.
2: Do you remember how it was discovered that the baby was on the fly list? Were they flying somewhere, and that's how they discovered it?
3: Correct. They were flying. Uh, the father and the mother. I'm not sure if they're married or not. I don't know the family dynamic. Yeah, there. they were. I think I, I read father-
2: that, uh, that she was a f- fiance. Now, that's what I read. A I don't maybe. Yeah, maybe they have gotten married since, but uh, at the time, I believe she was a f- fiance.
3: So sh- they were traveling. I think they were traveling to vacation, or they were traveling to visit her family. So they were traveling. Um, they booked their tickets separately. So somehow they have been connected through the TSA database that they are flying together. So anybody flying with them, whether it was a, a three-month-old baby, a newborn baby, or a ninety-five-year-old. Uh, family member, let's say an elderly member of the family, anybody flying with him is going to be added to the terrorist watch list.
2: Do you know how that process happens? How does a baby that is only three months old somehow get flagged? Where where does that flag come from within our government?
3: Well, I can tell you where it started for uh, the National Capital Region, January 6, 2021. It was one letter from Congressman Benny Thompson on January mm-hmm. the 11th, 2021, He sent a letter to the TSA administrator, David Pekoski, asking Pekoski to disrupt all the travel of white supremacists and domestic terrorists. So this started with uh, the baby on the terrorist watch list from a letter from one congressional person to the head of TSA asking them and telling them how and where to deploy federal air marshals. So that's how this started.
2: That's nuts uh, that someone in government... Would take a letter from a Congressperson and then make some type of decision like that, and it's also scary, isn't it, when you think about it?
3: Well, I mean, and and just to think the whole background of why the air marshals exist—we all know what happened nine eleven. Two thousand nine hundred seventy seven people were murdered that day. They were murdered on sacred ground. So the mission of the federal air marshal is to thwart a hijacking. We are not there for these political reasons that we're being used for right now. And TSA Administrator Prokoski needs to be removed. This man needs to be held accountable for violating the oath of his office.
2: I think just about everybody in the Biden administration should be removed, and so should Joe Biden. Uh, But that's a different show. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to be an air marshal? You were an air marshal. You're now retired. What what is it, what is that like to get on a plane with 170 people? What are you looking for? Uh, just what is the job like?
3: Well, you know, it's interesting because I know uh, most people when they're traveling, they're just traveling. And when you're an air marshal, it's a lot more than traveling, Booker. We are strapping ourselves into a 12,000 gallon uh, weapon of mass destruction. Think about that from the from an operator standpoint. We're we're in the aircraft. We're buckled in just like you are. But our job is to make sure that everybody on that plane goes from point A to point B safely. So our, our, we may be traveling together, but our duties and responsibilities, ours is much greater because we have to make sure that the 200 plus people on that plane are able to travel safely and they are able to go see their loved ones uh, when they land. So it is really a I have to say, it's an incredible job. I'm very proud of the time that I got to serve as a federal air marshal up until my retirement. I'm super proud of the work that we're doing today. And I just want to bring this mission back to where I know that we can thwart a hijacking and stop what happened on 9-11 because it was just a horrible day for our country. You but mentioned. That's it. The, the, the day in the life of an air marshal is making sure. It's just like a police officer on the street. When you see a bad guy down the road or going down the street, and you know they're going to do do harm in the community, it's that police officer's job to make sure that doesn't happen. So the air marshal is the same as that, but just at 35,000 feet with not much backup.
2: So let me ask you this question, and if you can't answer, don't answer. But if you are an air marshal and you're going to fly from, uh, say, Orlando, Florida to Los Angeles on a job, do you go to the airport just like a passenger? You have bags uh, you check bags, you get on the plane, you have an, a, a carry-on. Uh, do you look just normal?
3: We do. I mean, Booker, we, we blend in. That's part of being an air marshal is to blend in with your surroundings. Of course, we go to the airport early. We're going to do our surveillance. We're going to do our counter-surveillance in the area. At the airport, we're going to make sure things, people that are getting on the plane, they, they look like they're supposed to be getting on this plane and they're not up to any. any Um, No good tricks, so to speak. So there's a lot of surveillance and counter-surveillance that goes on. It's a lot of looking at the passengers and assessing who's on the plane with you prior to them getting on the plane. You know, you're around the gate area. You're you're in you're in the area where nobody knows who you are. You blend in. You've got your bags. You've got your you know uh, tourist uh, attire if Mm -hmm. you're going to a tourist destination. So you do blend in. But it's really it's really a fantastic deterrence for hijacking if it's used for that. And right now, it's we're not being utilized for the skills that we bring to the table.
2: Let's go back to what you were talking about earlier. You were talking about the difference between Trump and Biden. Let's go back to the Trump years. And how many air marshals are flying on any given day in planes?
3: 100%. There's 100% available the day of flights that are flying. They're you- out there flying, trying to thwart.
2: And how, how many, how many is that? How many, how many air marshals are working in a day?
3: Well do you know that's the thing that's cla Yeah, I do know that, but it's classified, so I can't release okay. that number to you. I can tell you post nine eleven, uh pre-nine eleven, there were only thirty-three original air marshals working before nine eleven. After nine eleven, the agency posted numbers that are classified that they hired over four thousand. Okay, that was twenty-three years ago. Most air marshals have hit their 20-year term
1: mm-hmm. and
3: have retired. So you can take that 4,000 number and you can keep slicing that down. As you know, we're pretty low right now. Let's yeah. put it that way. With most most of our workforce at, at retirement state, and most have popped smoke because they're sick of this Biden administration policies, and they don't want to have this type of um, legacy on their hands that they are following. You know, citizens that didn't commit a crime Are they at the border handing out sandwiches and water when they could be protecting travelers and, and the American people who are in the sky unprotected.
2: You're listening to Sonia Labasco. She is the Air Marshal National Council Executive Director and a retired air marshal at that. Let's let's go back again to something else you said a few minutes ago. I want to unwrap it just a little bit more. You mentioned that terrorists are flagged or potential terrorists under the Trump administration. That's the way it was done when you were there. Who is doing the flagging? Is this a surveillance that has been going on a while, or how does how does that process work? Can you share us uh, share with us that?
3: Um, absolutely. There was this little group. The, the Transportation Security Administration, I wanted to just set the stage. They're all unelected bureaucrats. These are people that were not elected by the American people to serve. These are people that were appointed inside TSA to do an administrative uh, position. And they created this little program called Quiet Skies in 2018. Quiet Skies was supposed to be this surveillance program internally within TSA that was to monitor and surveil those that were flagged on a terrorist watch list or a no-fly list, so to speak. Well, in 2018, TSA realized that nobody's monitoring them, right? The DHS OIG finally came in and did an investigation because we reported, hey, you've got a lot of fraud, waste and abuse within the Transportation Security Administration, specifically toward the Quiet Skies program. And TSA is creating one of the biggest domestic surveillance programs that is not being regulated. So DHSOIG came in and did an investigation, Booker, and they found out that the program had wasted over $390 million on this quiet Skies program, yet nobody was ever held accountable. That report came out in 2020.
2: So it's another way of surveilling American people, in a way.
3: Correct. Travelers. Anybody that's traveling— That's all of us. That's pretty much all of us. Yeah. that's right. If you're traveling, you're being surveilled.
2: That is incredible. And and hopefully we can get uh, our air marshals back in the air to protect us. That's what they do. That is their job. And hopefully that's that's what happens soon. And I guess we may have to wait until after the 24 election into January of 25 if a Republican wins. Maybe we can close the border and get the air marshals back in the sky. Uh, Sonia, thank you so much for joining us here on The Truth Be Told.
3: Hey, Booker, thank you so much. God bless America. And thank you for putting out this message every day and for your show. I appreciate you.
2: And that's some really interesting information there from Sonia Labasco. Again, she is retired Air Marshal and she is the Executive Director of the Air Marshal National Council. Always good to have people like her with so much knowledge to share with us. Now you're hearing about the economy, presidential corruption, and possibly a change to the digital dollar. But despite all the evidence, I can't tell you what can happen for sure. Nobody can. So what you do about it It's totally up to you. It's your business. But when it comes to your money, you should understand what's at stake. So that's why I partnered with Gold Co., because I know this can possibly help you at this very moment in history. Go to BookerLikesGold.com to get your free gold and silver kit, and it shows you how to get into precious metals tax-free and penalty-free. Even if your money's still in a retirement account, like an IRA or a 401k, and you may already qualify to get up to $10,000 in free silver. You've seen the writing on the wall. We talk about it every night here on The Truth Be Told, Monday through Friday. Go to BookerLikesGold.com to get your free gold and silver kit. Because this is about you taking back control of your privacy and your freedom. I can't predict the future, but I can prepare for it. And you should be prepared too. At the very least, you should be educated about your choices. So take action, defend your freedom, your privacy, and your future. We're coming back here in just a minute, and we're going to have a conversation with two American patriots. They are boots on the ground. They're grassroots, and I think there are some real encouraging stories that are about to come your way right here.
0: More The Truth Be Told with Booker Scott in Minute on America Out Loud Radio.
4: for 25% off your first order.
0: Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high stress on the go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com code out loud for 25% off.
2: Welcome back to the program here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Don't forget to go to americoutloud.news where you can find great content, great podcasts, and articles every afternoon at 3 o'clock right here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can hear attorney Tom Renz. He's followed by the Constitutional Study with Paul Engel. And then at 5 o'clock, it's America Out Loud Pulse. My name is Booker Scott. This is the truth be told. I'm always telling people to get busy, make a difference, do something, do something. What exactly does that mean? It's easy to to sit around and talk about things that we could do, but I thought it might be a good idea to bring a couple of people in here that are actually doing something. Grassroots, boots on the ground, getting things accomplished and getting done to hopefully give you some encouragement that things are happening in the country. And not only that, maybe give you an idea of some things that you can do. We have Alex from Connecticut and Michael Curry from New Jersey, a couple of American patriots that have been busy on the ground doing things that you really can't see, but things that we all should appreciate. Alex, welcome to the program.
1: Well, thank you so much, Booker. Excited to be here today this great. is uh, this is great thank you
2: great to have you and Michael Curry from New Jersey Michael welcome
5: hey thanks for having us I appreciate the the interview uh,
2: yeah let's just start with uh, we'll start with Michael tell us some things that you have been able to do in New Jersey and accomplish and then later we'll talk about some steps that you have taken and some other resources that are available. But let's start the conversation with some of the things that you have been able to accomplish.
5: Well, one of the uh, biggest things recently was this uh, this book ban bill that was trying to be introduced to our state and. Yeah. Uh, We had a lot of people come together, including Alex here, and we really, uh, boots in the ground, used the Twitter handles to uh, push emails, push phone numbers, and really uh, was an amazing effort and great community uh, collaboration where we got installed. And hopefully uh, next month we get installed again, or even uh, you know ended so it was a, a great effort and that was a, just something recently that just happened with us
2: yeah in fact i featured that on one of my shows in the last few nights uh, was that bill in new jersey explained to everybody what that was uh, probably better than what i did and and then uh, something else that's very important is you had a win and it was a big win but you can't stop because you just mentioned it may come back next month i think on the show uh, the other night i mentioned that next year, when the legislature is meeting again, it could come back up. So it's important to keep that foot on the gas pedal, too, isn't it?
5: Oh, most definitely. It, it, this isn't just in New Jersey, it's happening all over the country. And, and it's crazy, you know. You have to keep your, your head in the swivel because they'll let it like live for about three months, and then all of a sudden, there it is, and under a different name, un, you know, and then snuck right through. Mm-hmm. So you have to just keep checking your bills every single week, sometimes multiple times a week because you never know what the heck they're putting out there.
2: What was the bill specifically?
5: Oh, I'm so sorry. That bill was uh, known as the Freedom to Read bill, mm-hmm. and we call it the Freedom to Groom bill because, in fact, it, it allowed librarians to be given immunity for pushing obscenities in libraries. It gave them uh means to be paid by the government if they were deemed themselves to be harassed, quote unquote, then could sue parents and then get money from the government if they were deemed harassed. And basically the worst part was it chilled the the First Amendment speech rights of parents that want to push back on this nonsense. I mean, just the fact that you're trying to hide the information, basically block block parents from these obscenities is completely and utterly insane. Yeah,
2: it makes no sense. It's an upside down world that we're living in. But it's interesting that you said that it was through social media. Uh, you bring recognition to that bill that it was coming, and and then it was an effort to push the information out. I, w- I want both of you to give your Twitter handles or X handles. I'm never going to get used to X. I don't believe it's like the, yeah. it's like the classic Coke and the new Coke with me. It's always going to be Twitter, and my posts are always going to be tweets. I, I, I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. Let's go to Alex in Connecticut. Alex, uh, talk a little bit about the things that you have been involved with, and then some of the strategies that you use.
1: Sure. So um, up here, I'm actually in Massachusetts, but I do do a lot of work in Connecticut with several (laughs) um, outstanding individuals. But up here in Mass, I have been able to do a lot of things locally in my community um, in terms of getting policies changed in our school district, stopping different book fairs um, that have been coming in. But most recently, over the summer and early fall, I uh, went to our state house and testified in support and in opposition of several different pieces of legislation pertaining to curriculums. Uh, the books again up here and uh, parental rights. Right now, we were able to get two of those parental rights bills, um, one pertaining to education and the other one pertaining to uh, the vaccines requirements in schools to actually go back um, to study. So they didn't even leave committee, which is an outstanding um, thing because now they really need to take the time to read through this legislation. And it gives us uh, the residents of the Commonwealth The more time to get our public comments in there, whether it's through email or calling our legislators um, to tell them how we are opposed to these different bills. And um, recently as well, we formed a Massachusetts K through 12 grassroots coalition. And we just held our second summit about two weeks ago. And it has been outstanding, bringing individuals together from across the aisle, young, old, in between, um, all different professions, and some not even having children in the school systems. And we're really going to be tackling um, this gender ideology in our schools. Uh, how they're manipulating students into this, how they are keeping parents out of it with different policies in schools, as well as trying to push legislation through that. So we're, we're really busy up here in Mass, but we're making slow and steady progress just like uh, in New Jersey.
2: Alex and Michael, this will be for both of you guys. I'm gonna make an assumption that you have not always been awake, but there was something, there was something that triggered you guys to become active and involved. What what was the thing for you, Michael, that said I- I'm going to go do something?
5: Well, it was April 2020, and Governor Murphy put COVID positive patients into nursing homes, and so did five other states, including my original home state of Pennsylvania. And I lived in Philadelphia, and my great grandmother died in a nursing home with no one around her, never even seen her. Went to her funeral, yeah. never saw her body, nothing, and that. Really, really pissed me off and so many others around the country, the same thing happened. And ever since then, just been snowballing. And it was it was very small at, at one, some point. It was I got on Twitter talking about the BLM riots and then COVID and I deal with masking, so masking was a big thing, going to BOE meetings, and then eventually just then doing spaces and then starting to put out people's phone numbers for legislators and, and making videos. And it's just, you know, one thing leads to another, leads to another, and one person leads to another, and you network, and then eventually you just grow your, your channel. And Alex has really been a big help with that and helped me out with different things and i really always appreciate her with that
2: alex was there a triggering event for you to maybe bring you to this point where you're so active
1: it, yep it was uh march 2021 you guys both and, remember the dates february <laughs> 2021 and uh, at the time governor baker and the um the what the commissioner for Jesse decided to lift the mask mandate however What the governor uh, did, which was very slick at the time, is they put it on the individual school districts Mm -hmm. to then decide whether or not they were going to keep their policy or whether they were going to adjust it or get rid of it altogether. Um, My hometown, Wakefield, they decided they, well, we had heard rumblings, they were going to extend it. So a hundred of us actually showed up to a school board meeting. That's probably the largest That's I've true. seen uh, since my kids have been in school and God, we've been there since uh, 2018. The board picked me to talk first and I am very logical in my approach. And I just sat and listed the 10 things I would do if they did not end the policy right then and there. Uh, one of which was I would run for school board if I couldn't <laughs> afford the lawn signs, but Why the not? other was Why pulling not? their bonds.
2: <laughs> you might as well run for it. If they're not going to do what you want them to do, then uh, do it yourself.
1: Yep. And I have Booker twice, actually. The, <laughs> I ended up doing it that year. I left that meeting and, you know, I had like 50, 60 messages on Facebook saying, we will buy your lawn signs and it's it snowballed since then and i've been non-stop ever since i lost twice uh but that's not going to stop me from running again this year good for you but you know they extended it unfortunately and i was one of two parents who showed up to the next meeting where they ended it and um i actually wrote the verbiage for the school district uh for the new policy <laughs> <laughs> um but it, it was great to be able to see what um what we can do when we come together as a community and put pressure on our elected officials. So it was big win, big win up here.
2: There are a couple of things I want to go back to. Uh, One, I find it interesting that it was both of you guys, it was COVID that was the triggering event, but now it has evolved into so many different things. It's just not, kids in school, but it is a whole strategy with anything when a state legislator or the governor is trying to infringe upon individual rights and liberty, that both of you guys can get into action to make something happen. And then another thing you mentioned that I think needs to be brought to people's attention is when a bill is going through the process, you mentioned committee and the bill didn't even get out of committee. And it's so important for people to understand that process. Michael, can you speak to that a little bit or maybe Alex, either one?
5: Alex, would you like to take me or you want me to? It's all yours. (laughs) Okay. So when a bill is introduced, somebody goes to a, a legislator and then says, I have an idea. And then the idea then gets manifested into a bill. That bill then goes to a committee through a process. And then once that's approved, then it goes to the Senate and then subsequently through your assembly, assembly committees, and then eventually then to your governor and then signed into law or vetoed. And then shift it back, and then restructured, and you know, put back in the front of the governor again until it's he sees or she sees it fit. And essentially, what happens is, is that when you squash a bill, they might be like, "Well, it's two months later. No, then we got push to spell out again and try it again." And in some instances, our state did, had this book ban bill, and it was four different bills in the same exact day with the word "the" changed in four different bills. So you have to watch out because the, the, those people there's legislators, the sneak, you know, the thing that nobody wants to tell you, your legislators aren't very smart <laughs> Most I, was, of them are,
2: I, I was going the there truth. i was going to go it there. Is next.
5: the truth because yeah. you know, some of the bills that alex and i have seen they are complete and utter lunacy you'd be shocked and then not one bill in new jersey this year for example we had six thousand bills pushed in january and just think about that six thousand not one made my life better and not one person's in my states better It was all government overreach, every single one. It's insane.
2: And that's what we have to stop. And I talk a lot about it on this show here on The Truth Be Told, that it's up to us to make a difference. And we're talking right now with a couple of people that are making a difference. And we're trying to give you some ideas on how you can get involved. Uh, Another thing you mentioned, Alex, a few minutes ago was going to that school board meeting, and there were only 100 of you, but yet it was a huge crowd. And I think a lot of people don't understand that it doesn't take a ton of people. It doesn't take thousands to make a difference. Politicians don't like political pressure. And when you show up in numbers, then it's a little bit too much political pressure for them to take. So, Michael, can you speak to that?
5: Oh, sure. I mean, as far as, like, my school board meetings, I was, I'm was i basically like the only one that shows up. And it's really frustrating. And but especially with the masking for, at first, it was, uh, <laughs> I'm going there and I, I deal with fit testing, I deal with masking. So, me discussing this policy with somebody, it, it was completely and utterly insane. So, you also have to know what to say because you can't be belligerent, you mm-hmm. can't be rude. You have to say the words and the phrases that make sense that really will trigger them and really be like, whoa, Like okay, maybe I didn't know this before. So you have to also know how to discuss these topics with them.
2: Can you give some examples of that in your experience?
5: Uh, as far as like the masking or the board? Oh, my God, I've I've been to board meetings all over the states, and I've had board meetings where they've, they've passed the motion before public comment even happened, and that's Maybe one of the most egregious things, because you're there to represent the people, not your own self-interest. And you have to also have the uh, the fortitude to say, no, you would need to listen to this. Yeah. I, You're my representative. You know what I mean? You work for me. No, people really have to understand the word no is powerful. No, you listen this is wrong, you know what I mean? And it's empowering when you finally do that and it'll it'll definitely snowball into others listening also and, and empower them to do more.
2: We had a technical problem there with Alex. We have her back now in Massachusetts. And Alex, the question that I asked was about the 100 people that you took to a school board meeting and how and how big of an impact it made with just hundred people. I think a lot of people don't understand that the impact that you can make with 20, 30, 40 people.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right, Booker. I mean, it was. It really showed our school board for the very first time that we weren't playing around, that we weren't just um, you know, keyboard warriors, that we were wow. actually committed to this and we would show up. A matter of fact, there were actually two students that showed up with their parents to make a public comment. One was an elementary school student who was actually, a, I believe if I'm kindergarten maybe first and then one was a middle school student and they talked about what they had lost because of covid because of the lockdowns remote learning and now the masking and it was very powerful hearing the elementary school uh child because they said i've never seen my teacher's face i don't know what her smile looks like i don't know what my peers look like and that is heavy um so, even bringing your children and having them involved in um, the process, obviously, age appropriately, uh, it, it's a big, powerful statement. And I think that definitely played a huge role in the board's uh, final decision to end the, the policy. They did, the reason they continued it, or so they claimed, um, was to get through February vacation and see what the number of positive uh, COVID tests were when we came back. Luckily we only had a few days before vacation and then it was two days when we came back when they finally ended it. So it, it does coming out in numbers, uh, it makes a difference. But even five of you that show up, five that put the effort into educating your communities and your state makes a difference. It's a domino effect. Um, you know, we always say local, uh, Local change makes national impact, yeah, and yeah. that couldn't be more from the truth. That is the truth.
2: It is so true. Uh, we The shiny ball is national politics. We want to talk about the presidential election. We want to talk about the Senate. We want to talk about the House of Representatives. But really and truly, to make the difference, you have to do it in your school board, in the city commission, in the state government. That's the most important thing that all of us can do. You guys have a few more minutes. Can you, can you hang on through the break and keep going? I can, sure. Okay. We're going to be back with more with Alex and Michael Curry. Grassroots. We're talking about it right here on The Truth Be Told.
3: Fiction becomes a religion. Places where nothing is clear. Sanity and reason just disappear. Chairman, there
4: are multiple members that could yield you time. I would ask that you... I will have you physically removed from this meeting if you don't stop. I've been searching for everything, anything. Just a tiny shred of proof. I am looking for miracles. I'm just looking for the truth. I'm just looking
0: for... More truth in minutes on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Many voices, one freedom, united in the First Amendment. Our goal is to herald the voice of genuine liberty at AmericaOutloud.news, a place where you'll find the naked truth expressed with a patriotic heart. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. CofixRx has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the CofixRx banner on americaoutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, americaoutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use CofixRx because it works.
1: Asia believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our customers will tell you how our products have made a difference for them. From improving immune health and supporting gut health, to reducing the appearance of wrinkles, and even improving mind, mood, and energy. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. Asia, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today.
2: Tonight at 7, it's Unleashed, the political news hour at 8 o'clock. You'll want to hang on for the uh, National Security Hour. And at nine o'clock, it's after dark with Robin Andrew. My name is Booker Scott. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Truth Be Told. We do it every night, six o'clock Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. The Encore Show is the following day at 8 a.m. So if you're having your morning coffee, I've never mentioned that before, uh, wake up with us right here on The Truth Be Told. If you're listening on a podcast, thank you so much for finding us. We are being joined. With uh, Michael Curry, and uh, he's from New Jersey. He's a political activist, I guess you would say. I know that's probably an uncomfortable term, but but that's what you do. You activate people to get them busy in the state of New Jersey. And then Alex is with us also from the state of Massachusetts, Uh, guys. Let's pick up the conversation where we were, and let's talk about some specific strategies. I, I know Alex, you have a website, so why don't you share that? And also, let's share. Your handles, uh, where people can find you on social media?
1: Um, yes. Yeah, so, my handle on the X platform is A A E D I N C D O C, which stands for Advocate Against Education Indoctrination. Uh, and the site that I have for uh, parents and community members to access is advocate, the number four, education.canva.site and it has all kinds of resources for Uh, like I said, community members and parents. And I recommend everybody check out the 101 A Parent's Guide series, where I break down different areas of what's happening in our education system and overall with parental rights in children today in society. At the end of most of those um, PowerPoint presentations, there are call to actions that we can bring to our communities and to our state that are broken down step-by-step and of course uh you can always reach me via uh, the DMs on X or through the website if you have any questions or you're looking for more resources on uh anything i'm here to help uh that's that's my main mission and goal <laughs> and michael what about you
5: uh, my p- handle on X is wake up nj and i'm on instagram uh, x and that's really where i do most of my um my activism Activ- <laughs> what's that word um, activism pronounce that yeah is that the word? Yeah, that's I, it. I don't really consider myself. I consider myself, I like the word motivator. I think the most important thing is showing people how important it is to do this and how even just talking to somebody, wearing a, putting a bumper sticker on your car, wearing a t-shirt, like all these little things add up. And it's very important. Even share, sharing like a meme of something, it, you know, it gets people's attentions and that's what you have to do. And then well, here's the other thing is like I deal with like offshore wind. That might not matter to somebody on the, e, the, the East Coast, of New Jersey, but I mean the West Coast, of New Jersey, but it's going to affect them. So you have to yeah. also make them understand like why this affects them. Show them the numbers. You know, I'm dealing with gender ideology, SEL. Oh, my God. 16 year olds voting. Oh, my God. St. Alex yeah. and I are dealing with that garbage. And yep. It's like 19 states. I'm like, look, we have a whole topic on that. But there's so many simultaneous bills, by the way, they're happening in every one of these states. And you just have to make sure you keep checking everything. And I like posting the bills. I also like tagging the legislators and their numbers. Call them up. It's as simple as you're ready for this. I don't support et- blah, blah, blah. That's it. Hang up the phone. That's it. That's, that's all it takes. They have to document it, you called. It's that simple, takes five minutes to call your legislators, like in a committee. So I always encourage people to do that.
2: You were speaking of wind in New Jersey. I think they had a pretty big win not too long ago, they had uh, one of the big companies, the biggest companies for wind in North America. Shrimp. They, Yeah, they pulled yep. they pulled out of New Jersey. So well, that was pretty good news.
5: <laughs> oh, it was fantastic news. But I don't think they ever had any intention to build in the first place. So <laughs> we're, we're, go, we're going through some that. We've got some things on the pipeline we're going to expose on that nonsense. Yeah, there's
2: so many weird things that try to make their way through a state legislature. And Alex, um, again, let's talk about getting people motivated to start. Because like you said, it could take four or five or six people. It could be your friends at church or your kids. uh, Your kids have friends, their parents. That's really the way it starts, doesn't it? And it can grow out from there.
1: Absolutely. I think one of the biggest motivators I have seen for people to wake up and to get involved is when you put a face or a name to a situation. Um, Human nature... we tend to say, if it doesn't affect us, we don't really care until it's on our front door. Uh, people don't tend to get up and get involved. But if you can give a story, if you can connect with somebody emotionally, that is powerful. That can be such a great tool when we are out there. Um, you know, just like wake up, I'm not a huge fan of the word You know, activist. Yeah. I tend to use the word advocate. So advocate for every child and parent across this country to be able to expose the truth and then advocate for the change and like i said if you can connect with somebody on a personal level uh, especially when we're talking about the children if you can give them a story that you know um, of a child or a family that was you know taken in by this indoctrination whether it was taken by dcf because of it um a family that lost their child to the uh transitioning if you're able to do that you are going to see more and more people in your community standing up and speaking out because it could be your child's friend it could be your neighbor or it could be your child and right now time is against us so don't wait for that moment for it to affect you personally because it does already
2: I'll give you an example of that. I did a story a few weeks ago on the Colstad's in Montana, that had the situation where the 14-year-old daughter was taken by CPS in that state, and she. I just followed up with a story on it last night. She has now been given over to her mom, but since August, the Colstad's lost any control of any decisions with their daughter who is now being transitioned to a son. So yeah. you're right when you put the name as, and the face to the story then it becomes real to people and I think I think that is important. Michael, if you are going to give advice to people that are listening to this right now about how to get started in this, what what's the simplest way for someone to get started?
5: I think it's just the first thing you have to say is, am I happy with the current situation I'm in? And if you're not somebody that's just going to leave and dodge the state and you're here and you want things to change, you can't just sit on your hands. It has to be something where you're like something has to give. Am am I going to be the catalyst to change things? And it's also about linking up with like-minded people. I mean the platform on X has been fantastic with spaces and just talking and community and growing groups and, and sharing content and finding, as Advocate says, information that resonates with people. Like as simple as it sounds right for this, we got a, we have a band bag in New Jersey. You'd be shocked how many people hate that law and how much it resonates with people. It's a, it's a bag, but you know what people, it, it's something that profoundly affects them every single day. They go to the grocery store. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. you have to find that topic that really generates their interest. And it's also about being able to talk to people. People are uncomfortable talking to others, you know, what I mean, as I said, but just doing something simple as wearing a T-shirt that says, I love this, or I want this it is, is how you get started is, is more like, you know, what do you, what are you comfortable with? And then grow from there. And that's, that's honestly, you know, what, what I love, you know, about this nonsense is that yeah. like, it, it's crazy. You know I mean? Some people just don't want to do it. And then like, you just have to get them over that edge. That's honestly what you have to do. And then once you do that, oh, my God, they want to do so much with you. They want to go to the board meetings. They want to go to, to, uh, you know, the legislators' meetings. And it's just insane. But once you get that ball rolling, it's fantastic.
2: You know, one thing I say quite a bit is we don't have a movement without moving. And do is a verb. It takes us doing things. If you feel like I do and you feel like maybe the country is at a precipice, of not being able to get turned around in a positive direction. If you feel like that is this time, then who's going to do something about it? If it's not you, then who? And that's, that's where we are. So we need a lot of views to get busy like Michael and Alex. Alex, I'm going to come back to you. I want you to give that website again, one more time. And I think you should probably give your handle on X too, because yours is a little confusing.
1: (laughs) All right, one more time. So my handle on X is A-A-E-D-I-N-D-O-C. And my name is uh, Advocate for Education on the platform. And the site is advocate, the number four, education.canva.site. And Michael like I said, you can access all kinds of resources and I highly encourage the uh, 101 A Parent's Guide series. So you're able to learn a little and then come up with some call to actions for you to take because there is a place for you in this fight, um, for this movement, for our our journeys. You don't always need to be the person um, who is out there publicly speaking, testifying. You can help in so many other ways, whether it's leading email campaigns, phone calls, um, helping us follow the money via FOIA requests, whatever it is, there is a place for you to get involved and feel comfortable. Uh, So I encourage everybody to find your niche, find what you're passionate about and, and take that step out onto that ledge and do it because trust me, none of us are gonna let anybody fall
2: if we want a government for the people by the people and of the people it takes people and it takes us doing something. Michael, I'll come to you for the last word here, and then we'll wrap up this part of the show.
5: Well, thank you so much for having both of us. I really do appreciate it. My handle, again, is wakeupnj on X and on Instagram. And I just want everybody to know, it, it, it doesn't take much. It really just takes five minutes a week to make a big difference. And that's actually our motto at Wake Up New Jersey. It's you are the difference. And each one of you is like a is like a stack of dominoes. The more, more and more that we build this up, the more our community is networked, the more people push back, we make a huge splash. And I, I think that with enough time and enough energy, we can really make a huge difference, especially on X and Spaces, on YouTube, whatever platform you choose to, to grab you know, your information from, you know, we're going to put it out there and try to mo- motivate people.
2: Michael, thank you for joining us. Alex, thank you so much.
1: Thank, thank you, Booker.
2: Thanks both of you guys for everything that you do.
1: Thank you so much for having us. This This was amazing.
2: And the work that they are doing is so important for our country. That's what it's all about. And it was great to have Alex and Michael here to join us on The Truth Be Told. I think those are some encouraging stories that you heard from them. You can be a part of it too. You can get busy and get active in your community That's what it's all about. That's how we take back this country. Before we get out of here for this night, I want to bring you one more story that I saw, and to me it was disturbing, so I want to share it with you. Uh, Lyft, the the drive company, the company where you go on the app and they come and pick you up at the airport or take you to, to a restaurant or whatever, there's Uber and Lyft. This is Lyft. Lyft protects women from rape with transgender drivers, and then they pay to free the rapist from prison. Now this is a story that was available on the front page magazine. I'll read this for you, just a little bit of it. Lyft, the ride sharing company released information admitting to 4,158 sexual assaults from 2017 to 2019. And each year it got worse. Lyft ended up paying out about $25 million to a settlement to shareholders over disclosures involving, among other things, driver sexual assaults. And since then, the lawsuits, they haven't stopped. They've just kept on coming for Lyft. Earlier this year, a Florida woman sued, claiming that she had a baby as a result of being raped by a Lyft driver. Her lawsuit argues that Lyft failed to take reasonable precautions to protect its vulnerable female passengers from the foreseeable and known risk of assault. And there's just another example for you of the crazy world that we're living in. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program tonight and every night, Monday through Friday at six. And then every morning at eight o'clock, you can hear the encore presentation of this show. Coming up next, it's going to be Unleashed, the political news hour. My name is Booker Scott, and you were told 2,000 years ago that you are the salt of the earth. And salt without flavor, it has no value. It's just thrown on the ground to be stepped on. So keep being salty.
0: There is only one truth. You've been listening to The Truth Be Told with Booker Scott on America Out Loud.